Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bikes for Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick, and I'm your host. And on today's episode, I got a chance to sit down with Alicia Dans and Hannah Simmons in a park right next to Lady Bird Lake there in Austin, Texas. This is part three of a three-part East Texas showdown podcasting extravaganza. This one and the two previous episodes were recorded uh, in Austin on a whirlwind podcasting trip. It was, uh, I literally interviewed five people in less than 20 hours, and that includes sleeping time. So, yeah, right after I finished up chatting with Katie McGuire from last week's episode, I ran over to another spot to meet up with Alicia and Hannah. And we had a nice little chat under the shade of a tree on a park bench right next to Ladyburg Lake. Hannah and Alicia were our winner and winner of the East Texas Showdown route. They wound up riding almost the entire third day together. And whenever they rolled into the finish line, neither one of them wanted to outpace the other one or race the other one. Uh, they decided to roll in together, sharing that first place honor. And it was an honor to get an opportunity to catch up with them and hear their stories. I particularly enjoyed hearing how they approached the race and how that evolved as they got closer and closer, including their preparation and their planning and all of that. So I really enjoyed this one. Again, these two finishers, it was their first ever bikepacking race. I can't say it enough. I just think that it is so rad that we had so many first timers out there I'm just, yeah, I'm really glad that we could give so many people that opportunity to come out and ride their bikes for the first time in that manner and uh, can't wait to do it again. So while we're talking about the East Texas showdown, let me just remind you that we have already went ahead and scheduled the dates for 2022. We are going to do it in the spring based on everybody's feedback. We're going to hold a spring edition. I don't know if we're going to do a fall one too. Uh, we'll just wing it, huh? Let's get through the first one first. But uh, mark your calendar for April 1st through the 3rd. We're going to be doing it same route, still meeting at the Bullet Grill to start and finish the ride. Uh, but we are going to be making a couple changes to the format. If you want to stay up to date with information about the East Texas Showdown, there is a Facebook page and a Instagram page. So uh, follow along at one of those so you can stay up to date with any relevant info as it comes out. All right, and before we get to today's episode, first off, let me just say that I'm sorry for getting out a day late. I am fresh off of a trip from Las Cruces, New Mexico. I was out there at the New Mexico Bikepacking Summit and the Danger Bird ride that was held on the subsequent days. Um, there on the Monumental Loop route. Um, it was a great trip. I took over 1,200 pictures. I recorded a podcast with Shell Money that's coming out next week and uh, had a great time. I'm going to be sharing a lot of pictures and stories and podcasts and all kinds of goodness about that event. But for now, I just want to say kudos to everybody in New Mexico. Kudos to Matt Mason for putting all that together. You know, if it wasn't for him building the route and putting it out there and putting in so much hard work, all of those riders 
the government, everybody who got involved, it wouldn't even be possible if it wasn't for a route to host this event on. And um, it's a beautiful and a challenging route. But I mean, it's the desert. What do you expect, right? <laughs> I mean, it's tough out there. It's wild. Shit ain't easy. You know what I'm saying? Just because you see some pictures on Instagram. Ooh, tell you what, the reality of it is much different. That first day out there, there was a headwind that was legitimately 30 to 40 mile an hour gust and just really gnarly terrain. I was taking pictures at the top of some of these climbs with just the most massive headwind uh, and just deep sand, big rocks, everything you can imagine, all the stuff that makes the danger bird so great. So appreciate everybody's hospitality out in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Uh, we are back in the saddle here in Texas and rolling out some more goodness for you guys. Let's take a moment to thank our newest patrons that have kept the coffee and the whiskey flowing this week. Sure to appreciate that. Our shout outs go to Hank. You know, you could say his name a few different ways, his last name a few different ways, I think, but I'm going to go with Hank Dope. Dave Brink and Matt Heckler, thank y'all so much for keeping the coffee cup filled and the whiskey running. If you appreciate the work we're doing over here at Bikes for Death and you'd like to buy me a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey at night to help soothe my pains, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash bikes for death. Even a dollar a month means a lot and I really do appreciate it. Okay, and today's episode is also made possible by Rock Ice Bike Pack USA. Uh, Rock Ice is a cottage gear company specializing in custom frame bags and welded waterproof gear. If you're looking to improve your bikepacking setup, looking for tailored gear, or searching for waterproof solutions, definitely reach out to them by visiting rockgeist.com. In addition to their custom work, they have a wide selection of universal gear that prioritizes stability for single track use. Most recently, they have released their super stable bar jam harness, which now uses locally machined brackets made in Asheville, North Carolina. Let me tell you about the bar jam. I've owned mine for four years. I believe it was the first Rockgeist purchase I ever made. It is the only harness that I use. I have put it to the test in every which way. And I'll, I've said it many times before to friends, but if you look at it, it may not look like it's super stable. Stable. It's very minimal, but I will tell you, it can handle a lot of weight. I've uh, packed it up to go bike pack rafting and strapped on paddles and a bike raft and all kinds of all, all kinds of stuff to it and have never had an issue. So to check out that product and everything else they have over at Rockgeist, you can visit rockgeist.com or email them at bikepack at rockgeist.com to see their gear option and get in touch with their team. And a reminder that patrons of this show get free shipping from Rockgeist and a free Bikes or Death patch sewn on at the factory. So just keep that in mind next time you're looking for some bikepacking bags. All right, everybody, that's it. We did it. Now it is time for Miles Arbor to kick it off with the Bikes or Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need. 
boss, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. So happy birthday, Hannah. Hey, thanks. 24 years old. Yeah. World is your oyster. <laughs> yeah. Got a lot more to go, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Just working at the uh, bike shop, planning to take over the world one bike repair at a time? Yeah, absolutely. That's how I'm told it. I should do it. Start with bikes, right? I work there full time now. Like Alicia said, I'm the manager at the shop. Been managing for a year and a half. Been there for three. Graduated college last year in the middle of the pandemic and just decided to stick around. What did you graduate with? Environmental science and photojournalism. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. What would you like to do with that, Someday, if anything? Yeah, I'd love to be a photojournalist and cover environmental topics. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Can you give an example of one that you'd like to cover? You know, I have been thinking more and more about staying around, like, more locally because for a long time, like, I have wanted to be a photojournalist since I was 12, so I wanted to travel a lot with it, but then I thought about how much is going on just, like, in our own backyard. And so there's a lot of things. Houston's a good example where there's a lot of, like, industrial waste that's going into people's homes and water, and I had a friend who did a really good story over that, and he shoots for the New York Times, so following his work a lot. Seems to me, Khalifa, he's great. Yeah, Alicia knows him too. He also rides bikes. But yeah, just anything that affects us directly. How do you get a job? Would, is there freelance work available? Mm-hmm, there is. It's a, it's a whole world to step into, and it's a lot of like networking and selling yourself. But I think I'll probably start out by just going out and shooting things that I think are important. There's a lot of like community gardens around Austin, so I've been thinking about doing some coverage on those types of things. And then you just pitch it to somebody. Right. So you can go out and actually like take the pictures, create the article. And then kind of sell it. Yeah, exactly. That sounds fun. I, yeah. I, I love, uh, through Bikes for Death, I've gotten into photography a lot more and wanting to like tell the story through, you know, I guess not photojournalism, but just photography of like telling, telling a story. And it's fascinating. It's really hard too. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. So you're a legit photographer. Yes. <laughs> they, uh, yes. as photo, photojournalism school, do they teach you how to take pictures too? Yes and no. So they've got entry-level classes that they teach you just your way around a camera. I learned when I was in high school, so I had already gotten the, like, kind of technical skills for, like, how to read light and what settings to have and how to manipulate a photo to make it look the way you want to. And then most of the, like, upper division courses are, like, how to tell the story and perspective and figure out what story is yours to tell and then also study lots of famous people who have done a lot of important work. Are you an Austin native? I am not. I'm from North Texas. Bedford. Bedford, okay. What about you, Alicia? I'm from Dallas, actually. Oh, so y'all both up from up north a little bit. What brought you to Austin? I came to Austin to go to grad school, and I've been here for a long time. (laughs) For me, it feels like a long time. Going on my seventh year. Seventh year in school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what are you studying? I'm studying immigration court. Yeah. So how how folks who don't have an attorney, how they're able to navigate or how the difficulties in navigating immigration court right now and looking at courts in Texas in in particular. 
So you graduate with that and then you hope to like go work in that field, I assume? Yeah. So some kind of legal advocacy work I think would be awesome, but I'm pretty open. So are you, will you be an attorney? No, (laughs) I'll be a, well, currently an academic trajectory. So PhD usually ends up in teaching or or Uh, continuing research, but I would be fine working at any organization that does advocacy work. You're like, hire me. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. I was just talking to Katie McGuire, and she was like, I'll send this podcast to potential employers. She's on the job hunt right now, too. So are you at that stage where you're starting to look for a job? I should be. Yeah, that's what I should be doing right now. But instead, I'm riding bikes. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's on the horizon for sure. Yeah. Kind yeah. of in love with this part of the state, though. So yeah. it would be awesome to stick around Central Texas. If that's in the cards, I'd, I'd take it. Yeah, I was about yeah. to ask if uh, if you'd like to stay stay in this area. I really like Austin. I just don't like the heat. What do y'all do during the summer here? Oh, well, y'all got, we're right next to Lady Bird Lake. So is that kind of the move here? Yeah, it's one of the spots. I think we have a few. We we have a few secret swimming holes. There's the ones that everybody knows about, but then there's like side spots, more underground type stuff. You know, yeah, not actually <laughs> underground, but Who, whose palm do I have to grease to get <laughs> get those spots? Alicia's the one that would know. Yeah, I just I'll follow hand her him, everywhere. I'll hand them over to you. <laughs> Did we go to one whenever we went swimming that one time with? Uh, uh, Cynthia? Yeah, actually, that was a good one. Yeah. It's like downstream of the river, so no one wants to swim down there because it's like <laughs> <laughs> after, after it's passed through the entire city. But um, I think it's great. It's pretty pretty sunsets. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of riding do you all like to do in and around Austin traditionally? I mean, we just obviously got down. Y'all are obviously hardcore ultra-endurance athletes, <laughs> no doubt about it. Very serious. Very serious. <laughs> Hannah's in flip-flops taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, that picture on uh, the front of bike. Y'all made the, the first image on bikepacking.com. So that was, it's always great because we just send them the pictures and then they pick what they want. And so it's fun to see how they, they build the story or whatever. And um, I like that they use that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one with my feet out. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was the vibe. That vibe was the our ride. <laughs> yeah. The vibe Every was time ride. we ran into Maxwell, I was like, I got to come up with a new pose. And that was the, the final pose that I <laughs> <laughs> rolled by him. I said, I've got nothing else. <laughs> Can't see you again. It must, it, that probably might have been the most painful pose at that point. <laughs> I know. That's all, all the points. Pressure, right? <laughs> yeah. on the no relief. You're like, yeah, I can take it. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it looking at you. I was like, mm. That's what I was thinking when I saw your legs up. I was like, I bet that hurt. <laughs> Made a good picture, though. Yeah. That's a true photo uh, photographer right there. Sacrifice anything for the image. <laughs> right? It's true. So what kind of riding did y'all do around Austin here? I feel like we were just talking about this. We have some super regular rides that we do that are almost like weekly routine now. And right. they vary quite a bit. So there's like a Tuesday road hill ride. That's pretty aggressive. Tear down. Yeah, the teardown. Okay, so I was talking to Kyle and uh-huh. Nick last night. Yeah, they're and... also regulars. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Every, y'all are on the same routine. Yeah, pretty much, with those guys at least. And then you do a, a ride on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. There's a trails ride that um, leaves from Eastside Pedal Pushers that they go pretty much every Thursday and we go do Eastside Trails that are off of the Walnut Creek Trail. Mm-hmm. They're all um, bandit trails. Yeah. Oh, so cool. it's it's kind of like flowy, crossy stuff. And then you've got a couple of logs to jump and stuff. Logs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fallen trees. But um, 
yeah, it's good to get that variety and have like the Tuesday, Thursday thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I bike to work too, which is not saying much. I live a half mile from the shop, so (laughs) just roll down the hill. (laughs) But we've been talking how we want to do more mountain biking specifically. Yeah. And there are surprisingly a number of mountain biking spots around town that are also, uh, we have friends who like any green space, they'll like put a trail through there. Can we talk about it? I know it happens. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of... Only say what you want to (laughs) say. A little stealth. Um, I know there's road trails. The fun part is finding them. So I think it's fun just like leaving hints out there, just knowing like, yeah, they're around. Like just look around the east side, look look between the bushes, and all of a sudden you'll see a line darting into the the darkness of the woods. And if you follow it, then odds are you'll you'll wind around something cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Mm -hmm. I find most of them. Yeah. yeah, well, you could almost get lost in the maze of trail networks. I mean, you could you could easily get lost. I've gotten lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, in that section, wherever we got lost there recently, in that same spot where we met up with y'all uh-huh. before we and went Roshi. swimming. And that, like, I, I was riding around. I went in a damn circle. I went to that <laughs> spot. And I went, I thought I was going, and I kept riding. I come back, I'm like, fuck, I'm back here again. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a vortex that keeps sucking me in. But, yeah, there's a lot of trails just, like, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So get into mountain biking for fitness, for fun, for convenience. For fun. For me, it would be the end of road racing, which is ending, like, this month. So it would be better time to just do something different. Sick of pavement. Just the season. Crits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. Let's talk about that. Because you uh, you race on ultraviolet, right? Yes, yeah. So what is the designation? You're like a semi-professional? Oh, hardly. What uh, do they call it? Do, you know, it's it? funny. There are people on our team who are like have been pro racers and they've raced with pro teams. So I'd say there's a spectrum of levels. So some of us are more intermediate. I wouldn't. I'm, I fit that category. Um, and then others are like more, they're traveling to USA crits across the country. And yeah, so I don't know. I guess that puts them like, what do they call that? Domestic elite, elite racers? I have no idea. Yeah. something So far outside of the, yeah. <laughs> well, you at least rub shoulders with them. Like I've never even, I don't know. Oh, even, yeah. Well. <laughs> we don't have the same cycling culture in Bryan College Station y'all have here. I mean, the nice thing about Austin is that cycling is rich here. You know, I mean, there's any kind of cycling you want to do, any kind of group you want to get into. There's a lot of diversity here. That's something I kind of noticed just chatting with people who had like shown up for the East Texas showdown was people coming from Houston and Dallas and other places and talking with them about like their cycling cultures in other cities. And I feel like ours, I mean, I feel pretty embedded in it. Um, but I do think that it's pretty well integrated. Like, I think everybody knows everybody kind of thing. Here in Austin. Here in Austin. Versus, like, I hear other places. I know Houston's, like, a giant city, but it sounds like they've got, like, kind of things sectioned off a little bit. Yeah, it seems a bit more fragmented. Yeah. Um, I can't speak to other Texas cities. No. It does seem more cohesive here. Mm -hmm. And I'm only an outsider, but I've interviewed a fair... I come to Austin quite a bit for interviews and it's like, oh, I know her. And I was interviewing Katie and she knows Jessica Alexander and Jessica... And then like Jessica... I don't know. Like everybody knows everybody here. Yeah, we all know each other. And I'm either drawn to all the exact same people that know each other, but it just seems like there's a pretty nice cohesive uh, cycling community here, which is great. And like you mentioned, the East Texas Showdown, um, I love seeing the diversity of all the different kinds of approaches to the race, the way you're going to ride it, the 
you know, the spirit with which you were going to ride it, whether you were going to like go fast and suffer, whether you're going to like try to make it the best experience you could and just kind of have fun. So that's a good segue into what was y'all's, yeah, what was y'all's approach to it? My introduction to cycling was a really long but supported tour from Austin to Anchorage. And so I had done a lot of long days on a bike. Anchorage um, what? Alaska. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I started cycling, um, was doing doing that. It's called Texas 4000. It's a thing that UT students do. Yeah, it's cool. I'll have to tell How am I that. never heard of it? I don't understand why I've never heard of this. This is a thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, tell me yeah. about it. So it's, uh, it's a nonprofit that works with UT students um, to raise money for cancer research. And they do a summer ride uh, every year that goes from Austin to Anchorage. And there's like three different routes. There's four different routes now. But during my year in 2018 when I did it, yeah, it's a 70-day ride. You get up and ride almost every day. You have rest days every once in a while. And you just like stay at places along the way. All road? Um, all road, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it pretty safe or was it pretty sketch? Um, Safe in some places, less safe in others, you know, like. I would never want to ride my bike through Jackson, Mississippi again, but, you know, <laughs> there are other spots that, like, for some reason, Wisconsin was, like, all trail, like, just really crushed gravel trails that we didn't have to see any cars the whole time, so. But, yeah, that was kind of how I started really riding bikes. I knew how to ride a bike, but I hadn't done it nearly anything like that before. So. How in the hell did you get talked into doing 4,000 miles? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a massive undertaking. So, how the, yeah. yeah it Who was, talked you into that? It was, well, so like I said, it's for cancer research. So a lot of times somebody, you've got somebody that, I mean, I feel like everybody at least knows someone who's been affected by cancer. Um, and I have an uncle who died of lung cancer. And so I wanted to do it for him. And it's kind of one of those things like, when somebody's going through something and you can't really like tangibly do anything for them, it was nice that even after he had died, I could be like, oh, I'm going to do this thing for Uncle Al and like go ride my bike for a really long time. And it changed the trajectory of my life entirely. So I'm very grateful for it. Did you like fall in love with cycling through that experience? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Were when you I, in a group? Um, yes. Yeah. You have a team. I think there were 21 of us that did it all together. Um, and you do have a SAG vehicle. So we were not like packed down or anything. But yeah, the average mileage per day was like 90 miles. So, <laughs> Did you, you know. train for it or did you just wing mm-hmm. it? Okay. Yeah, they've got requirements for training. Oh, all right. Too, so. That's so cool. Yeah. That's yeah, through cool. the university? Mm-hmm. Well, kind See of. See what it's I'm saying? Thing. We don't have that in College Station. Yeah. Yeah, my sister's an Aggie, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I mostly just have the background of a lot of a lot of days in a row of being on a bike. And so whenever Alicia reached out to me and was like, hey, want to do this crazy thing? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I think I could probably pull that off. We can make it work. It's more, I think, mostly like a a mind game when you get to a certain point. You just have to keep yourself up enough to not stop pedaling. It definitely is a mind game, mm-hmm. I think. It just becomes an endurance sport in your in your mind, mostly. Overcoming right. pain and everything. It's like, it's all just in your head, most of it. It's what it seems like, at least. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually real pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I felt a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's real. But you get, your, your brain is like, stop, you want to stop. Oh, I bet stopping would be nice. <laughs> oh, for sure. And then it's that mental game of just like, you know, keeping, keeping pushing on. 
So how did y'all train? Did y'all train together? Well, (laughs) I feel like we didn't. We separately maybe did some long gravel rides. The training for this was, on my part, I was just doing these hard but short rides throughout the week that I normally do. So like this hard hill ride, I would race a crit on Thursday and then do a longer ride on Saturday. But none of it was like loaded up, didn't do many gravel rides wasn't practicing the length or any overnighters and probably could have done that. That would have been smart. You didn't do any overnighters? No. Oh, no. What about you? No? Just jumped in. no, I really didn't. I hadn't until until the Thursday before the Friday that we actually started the race, I hadn't put any of my bags on my bike yet. No. I like I had gotten this bike packing set up from Roadrunner and I was like really excited because all the matching bags and everything and I had never used any of them. And so I packed it down on Thursday. I was like, this will probably work just fine. <laughs> yeah. Like Thursday, 24 hours before? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. I think I started a few days earlier than that, like <laughs> saddling up my bike and then riding it around town, just making sure it didn't rub. But, yeah. <laughs> this but is we, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we probably could have. Yeah. As I was researching, and the research started late, I had never done a bikepacking event. I've bikepacked, and I've done gravel races and other right. long distance. But... um when I was researching how to do like long distance endurance, bikepacking, self-supported, yeah, they definitely say test out your equipment, give it a day or two, like do a two or three overnighter and yeah. all that stuff. And it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. That's what so. we did that when we did ideal. the showdown. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Tested <laughs> it. There we go. That was your, that was your test. <laughs> so y'all both had uh, some bikepacking, camping outside experience prior to this. So it wasn't like, too crazy totally. to just go. I've done a few tours, yeah, both by myself and maybe with somebody else. And I mean, and those have had like stressful moments where you are racing at least the sun to get to wherever you need to go. But um, but yeah, this is a whole other type of pressure when you're like questioning how much sleep I should get and like trying to plan, yeah, plan to not pack pack or not pack certain food or yeah, yeah different. <laughs> Well, uh, what were your expectations or, or hopes going into it? Like, did y'all do, and, and this is like, did y'all want to ride it together the whole time or did you each have your individual goals? Cause for people who don't know, y'all finished at, at the same time and mm-hmm. shared first place on the showdown holla. <laughs> um, yeah. So y'all wound up riding the whole time. Was that the plan? I don't think it was the plan. I no. was prepared for like all of us because we came with a few friends, Nick and Kyle. We was like, well, we'll probably all get split up. So I hope we all have the map. And we, and you know, I'm down to like tell people this is where I'm planning on sleeping, you know. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think it was anticipated that we'd end up together. Yeah. yeah I definitely went into it self identifying as the slowest in the pack, <laughs> which, um, you know, when you're doing that many miles, I feel like you kind of, it all evens out a little bit, right? Because maybe like the first day I didn't stop until like mile 89 or 90. And so I was going the whole time and then Kyle and Alicia would have like a stop that I didn't do. So I'd catch up to them in a way. And I just went into it kind of anticipating doing the whole thing on my own. And then it ended up that we were only like a few minutes apart from one another, which like when you're riding a, a, bike and somebody's five minutes ahead of you you don't know that they're five minutes ahead of you you don't know where they are Um, right 
And I asked a couple of passersby and they were like, oh yeah, they're right there. And then I passed a couple of other people who were doing the ride and they were like, oh, they're gone. It's like 45 minutes away um, on the second (laughs) day. So anyway. Yeah. There were moments where we were probably spread out. I was spread out from Hannah and Mm -hmm. Kyle was ahead of me by five minutes, but we had no sense of where the other person was. And so it felt like we could be forever apart. And what about personal goals in terms of where you want to go fast, where you want to just finish it? What were your goals? Uh, my goals changed the closer we got to the race <laughs> and the more I talked to people. I think at first when I signed up, I thought, this is going to be great. It's going to be a beautiful route. I'm going to bike pack with my friends. Yeah. We're going to chill. <laughs> and then the closer we got to the race, the the more excited I got, listening to everybody's plan to sleep like two hours. And I was like, oh, gosh, like if that's how we're going to do this, <laughs> then I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to try and, and push the limits of, of what I, yeah. So I think closer to race time, I got more ambitious with what was possible. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then our brakes went out. <laughs> and then our brakes, yeah, on day one, then our brakes went out. So, uh, all right, let's... What did you have like, okay, I want to go this many miles. I only Mm -hmm. want to sleep. Okay, break it down. Yeah, day one, I was convinced. I was thought since we're starting at 8 a.m., that's kind of a late start. I would want to do 137 miles, get to Elkhart or 147, which was a little bit beyond that. I thought that was reasonable for me. uh, Because the most the highest number of miles I've ever done in a day up till now was 150. So I was like, okay, load it up on gravel. It's going to be harder. (laughs) Um, And then day two, I thought 170 miles, maybe 180 would be cool. And then finishing out with like, I was hoping to finish out the third day with under 100. Right. Yeah. Have like kind of a a nice easy day. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Quote unquote. Right, right, right. And it didn't work out that way, but, um, but those were the goals and they were probably overshooting a little bit, but that was kind of good to do that. I don't know uh, because the weather was such a factor, you know, like if, if it hadn't have rained, that first 150 miles probably would have been a lot easier because you, you made it to 120, you camped at Salmon Lake. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, that's where we camped. Yeah. I mean, another 30 miles, yeah, you'd probably do that if it wasn't raining and yeah. pushing through. We had pushed, yeah, we literally had to push our bikes through mud and stuff for some of those miles. So we're like, a little bit more physically exhausted than we would have been. And even if you're riding, you're still putting out more watts, bro, uh-huh. you know, totally. pushing through that sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a factor. So by sunset, I think also the we could have kept riding that night, the mm-hmm. first night, but someone in our group that we'd like, we'd come up along with some other riders and they mentioned getting some food. So we did that. We got a sit-down meal. And then after that, they mentioned they were staying at a place with hot showers. Mm-hmm. And that kind of <laughs> decided where we were going to sleep that I s- night. I saw the light in Alicia's eyes. And <laughs> Where's the shower? And Yeah, and that's the mental fortitude part that maybe I'm like a little bit lacking. <laughs> more so, which is like if there's food or showers, I'm like more inclined to stop and then push hard the next day. So like keep pace up, but take some stops. Yeah. My approach would have been to do... To, to stop there at mile 120, kind of right day one off, get some good food, get a shower, because the weather turned out to be pretty good going forward, and then, like, push after that, and like, okay, now, now let's see what I can do. What were, what were your goals uh, going into it? Yeah, I didn't do a lot of reading. I know you sent us lots of emails, and I 
I read the ones that Alicia told me to. Um, and I was unaware that the start time was at 8 a.m. And so I had this like big goal. I'd found a spot with a cemetery and a church at mile 157. And I was like, we're going to get there on the first day. Or like I say, we. I'm talking about me, I guess. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get there. Me and my bike. Uh, me and my bike. And I'm a Steph. And that was my goal. And I was talking to Nick about it the day before. And I was like, yeah, this is where I want to get to. And he was like, really? Before the sun goes down? And I was like, yeah. He said, well, we're starting at 8. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know if the start time was going to be like 6 or, you know, as soon as the sun comes up or whenever you, you get to. But so it kind of... That was the only real plan I had. Um, and then that didn't work out, of course. And I just knew that when I tell myself I'm going to do something, I just do it. And I wasn't really concerned with going fast necessarily. I did realize pretty quickly once we were out there that especially like loaded down and the roads we were going through, that it would come down to just literally like every amount of time, like every bit of sun you have, you've got to be riding. And so yeah. that was one moment I had while I was riding along I was like man really all the time you have is to ride your bike and then sleep through the part that you don't feel safe riding just because like I mentioned with the brake situation you're flying down a gravel road in the dark with no brakes you're not really sure how it's gonna go so yeah it changed from wanting to front load and like really do a lot of miles on the first day to then just like getting through the first rainy nasty day and then planning it to where it's just you're just possible to get through the rest how did y'all mentally handle day one? I mean, it you know, started raining very early on in the day. We started in the rain and <laughs> it just it just drenched y'all for a solid eight hours, which is demoralizing. How did y'all mentally handle that? Uh, I Yeah, I was pretty excited all the first day. I felt like hi hyped. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that was the rain didn't didn't get me down immediately. And once you're all wet, you're like, it doesn't matter yeah. anymore. And, and it so wasn't you, cold. So. No, yeah, yeah. It didn't feel bad. I cool. wasn't uncomfortable. And so it wasn't until that night when you pull everything out of your bag and you're like, ah, oh, my clothes for tomorrow are soaking wet. And like, that was more. And then, so the next day is more when I think the disappointment of the rain set in. <laughs> um, I was realizing how it had affected things. But from go at the start line, I was having a great time that whole first yeah. day. That's Even awesome. pushing the bike through stuff yeah. and everybody's kind of, you know, grumbling. But it was, I thought it was fun. Yeah. 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 Just rain. playing in the rain with your bike. Yeah. That's all it is. It was I kind mean, of nice. If yeah. you were an eight-year-old kid, you'd live for that oh, shit, for sure. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mud flying. You look at your face. You're covered in yeah. mud. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so, so cool. happy. Dirty yeah, doing it. it. <laughs> My Good. Tevas actually made sense the first day. <laughs> What'd you say? I said my Tevas made the oh. made sense the first yeah, day. Yeah, that was a gamble. Everyone yeah. was like, "Are you doing clip-in shoes? You yeah. gonna wear sandals? Sandals or clip-ins? Yeah, for the rain." And so and this was a debate amongst many of y'all as mm -hmm. to which. Okay, so you and Nick did sandals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then where, Kyle and I clipped in. And where do okay? Let's talk about this then. I know where Nick landed. Where do you think sandals? Yes or no? Next time. <sighs> well, with the forecast. 
beforehand saying rain every day, I was committed to Tevas. Also, the absurdity of riding 380 miles in Tevas <laughs> really got me laughing at it. Um, but I, you just wanted to do it. I regretted it. Uh, <laughs> 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 My Achilles are both uh, pretty upset with me. No, um, that's exactly what Nick said. Yeah, exactly. Is his Achilles so. are are. Well, and I had never ridden. That was the the joke. We were like lining up to start, and everybody was noticing my my Tivo choice. And one of the guys said something about like, "Oh, do you ride in sandals a lot?" And I was like, "I've ridden like ten miles in them." So he, he was <laughs> like, "All right, just multiply that thirty times, and you'll be fine." <laughs> um, yeah. So ultimately, regretted it. But what What did you regret about it? They just didn't support your feet were rubbing raw. Like I've never ridden in sandals. It sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> Well, honestly, the like it wasn't necessarily uncomfortable. I actually didn't end up with any sores or anything. I was really trying to avoid swamp foot was the main issue, um, and I did that. But the like not having the pull on the second half of your pedal when you can pull up and like utilize that hamstring, I especially through like a bunch of the sand too. Like I just didn't have the power that I normally have while riding. And so that was tough. And then it was just like I was using the same set of muscles the whole time, just like kind of mashing um, versus like being able to kind of switch off. And That's been one of my curiosities. Uh, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, I, I ride Clipton and I, I recently converted my single speed to flat pedals. And it's like the first one since I was a kid with a BMX bike. But I'm curious how it do over a long distance because you're eliminating that hamstring muscle. Like you said, it's like, well, I got this muscle, but I'm not using it. So it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Clipped in. How do you think, Alicia? Was that the way to go? That was the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on what Hannah was telling me as we were riding. And she, you know, we were telling each other the things that ached and hurt and her knees were hurting and mine didn't. So I was like, oh, well, yeah. And the shoes drained pretty well. They were like, pretty swampy on day one but after that they were fine so, yeah yeah that was okay and uh i guess the other thing though the advantage of the tivas was when we had to break hannah had a lot of uh, like rubber cushioning to just like to to rub on the pavement or the gravel roads to stop to just drag so my that, foot and yeah stop. and i felt a little guilty like putting my my nice clip-in shoe down and like trying to come to a halt <laughs> yeah so what happened with both of your brakes? I mean... Yeah, so both of our bikes are disc brake bikes. And I have mechanical and uh, Alicia has hydraulic. And so for me, I mean, my brake pads were like probably about halfway through anyway. But like the first day with all of the dirt and mud, when that gets caught up in there with your brake and then also caught on into your rotor, it just eats away your brake pad. And so um, you have no more pad left. And in my case, I could just tighten up the cable and it would just be metal on metal, um, which I tried really hard to avoid because I wasn't trying to get all new pads and rotors at the end of it. And I was like, well, I got the Tevas. So we'll sacrifice <laughs> like Tevas or new rotors. So, um, But then in Alicia's case with her hydraulic brakes, it was the, the pistons that actually push the brake pads together um, had gotten seized by all the like mud and dirt and nastiness. So the yeah. first night I tried to do a little bit of yeah. recovery on them, tried to like pump them back into place. And she did have a little bit more brake pad left, but it was, it's mostly just like she's, Alicia has done some gnarly, like when Mid-South was really disgusting and had to take her bike to the shop afterwards. And it was like, I'm going to try to prevent as much damage as possible. 
gets expensive. It gets expensive. Yeah. yeah. Free race? You think you sign up for a $70 race or whatever, and then it's $500 to replace everything. Yeah, I'd- somebody posted on Facebook, the race was free, but he uh-huh. had a big surly <laughs> dummy that he had taken to the bike shop and loaded it up. And he, it was him and his wife. It was uh, John and Allison, a couple that were out there riding. And mm. uh, he brought back all kinds of fucking, you know, parts for their bikes i'm gonna need to chart get some commission off all these bike part sales though. <laughs> yeah. well you should have some vendor come out and just have like brake pads yeah. and chain lube and like chains and wipes or you know just some basics we will we will yeah that learned was- a lot this first time it was a lot of fun totally oh we did too <laughs> yeah considering how many people this was their first bike packing race yeah, I, I really love that about this yeah. event. That's what I was hoping for is that it would attract. I hope that it'll attract, you know, the fast people that want to go without sleep and like really push it because it's that cool distance that allows that. But also people that want to do it for the first time or the second time or whatever. And we all can hang out together. Mm-hmm. And we got mostly first timers, which is the first start. Leo Wilcox said, did you see she commented? Yeah. Did she say she's coming next she, time? Whoa. She was supposed to come this time. She was supposed to come this first time, but she uh, got another offer for Switzerland. Uh, and and I think she chose Switzerland over well, East you Texas. Know, I thought East Texas was pretty remarkably gorgeous. So yeah. could give, maybe not give Switzerland a run for its money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a destination. I think it's, I, I, told my friends afterwards like hey big bend is cool but we should all be going to east texas too Hell yeah, yeah. afterwards yeah yeah major props on that uh that route oh the route was great great tell me yeah i i <laughs> lay it on <laughs> hold out no we detail know, please right? <laughs> i'm very i am very eager to know what y'all's experience uh, was what you thought about it especially yeah. since you live in texas mm-hmm. and you kind of know what it's like here yeah around here we ride gravel around Lockhart quite a bit. So that's like, you know, southeast of Austin, just east of San Marcos. And then you could go out west into the hill country and it's just, it's a drier climate out there. It's nice. But I thought the amount of gravel that we had out on this route was a lot. And um, the woods, the shade, that was so nice. The mm-hmm. green, we're not used to seeing so much green in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and the rain was a really cool effect. So you'd see these rolling green hills and it was misty. And also seeing it at different times of day was really cool. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I felt like I was in Tennessee or something. The rolling hills. Yeah. And it was so lush mm-hmm. and swampy. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that second day we had stopped and Kyle had talked about he wanted to keep going through the night. And he was going to do another like 60 miles um, trying to get to 200. Trying to get to 200, exactly. And there was a moment where I thought about going with him. And then I, one of the like deciding factors is like, I'm not going to be able to see anything. And that's going to be like 60 miles that I'll miss of like all of the beauty that we've gotten to see going through here. So I was glad that I decided to do it in the daytime. It Alicia. was pretty varied too. So it's yeah. like farmland, uh, National Forest. National Forest, yeah. Beautiful buildings, old buildings. Old. Yeah. The little towns oh, that you was, go in. Yeah, yeah, the towns were great. I do wish we saw more of them than the Valero gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to a certain point where you're like, I just need the essentials and I gotta go. And like, yeah, where's the Gatorade and out? Yeah. But, um, well, that's what I, I think if I, or I guess I'll say when I do it again, I'd want to do the slowdown so that I would have the time to stop and like, 
Mayville mm-hmm. and go to their little trading post, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause I yeah. think that's part of the like magic of it is when you get to ride a bike, you're slowed down enough that you see all of the little things that you miss when you're in other forms of transportation. And so it was like nice to have that time and didn't feel like I necessarily had that time with the amount of mileage we had to do. I, I like that you said that, and I hope that more people will approach this event more as like an experience or an opportunity rather than a race. Mm-hmm. Like it, the route is there if you want to race it and go fast, but I call it slow down for a, per, for a reason so yeah. that if you want to just like kind of chill and like take it easy and like enjoy the experience, but then we all meet back at the bullet and hang out, then I don't know. I, that to me is like the most ideal thing where like if you want to chill you can if you want to go fast you can you want to wear sandals you can like whatever you want to do speaking of man that bullet grill shout out (laughs) they were all so nice and they let us sleep under their patio the first night when it was pouring rain yeah they were all really great i thought they were great hosts. they're oh man they are awesome it's so crazy because i went in to pitch this idea to them you know Mm -hmm. like eight months ago and you never know how someone's going to like take it or even, so I had to like take the route. I took like a whole presentation, like pictures and everything. And I'm like, tried to like lay out what we're going to be doing. And he like agreed to it. And then nothing but ultimate support from yeah. the very beginning to the very end. Like yeah. they poured extra gravel so they'd have more parking spaces for us. They paid for all the live music. They uh, paid for the porta potties to come in. Oh yeah, those were life saving. And I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard this, but um, next they're they're putting in a shower, an outdoor oh, I was shower. About to ask, we used the yes. hose. I saw. In the back. Yeah, yeah. The I hose was great. I, know, I, saw you. Yeah. I was grateful for the hose. hose. <laughs> so sorry. Oh no, yeah. you're fine. Uh, uh, y'all had your clothes. You had most of your clothes on. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I figured. Yeah. I just like I saw you walk by, and I was like, well. Whoops! Sorry about that. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah, after, but but afterward, like that's the only thing that I think was missing is if everybody could just take a hot shower afterwards. Um, I would have probably gone a couple miles per hour faster if there was a shower <laughs> right there at the finish. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were relying on Kyle and Nick, who finished like hours earlier than us. We we're like, they'll find showers, right? And then we like that really got us to the. To yeah. The end. We came just, back and they were like, oh no. Yeah. Just, just a dream off. of a shower. So what did y'all do for a shower? Um, no, I mean it was that hose bath. That yeah, was, that, that was until <laughs> when? Until until uh, we well, got home. <laughs> so yeah. we got back right, and and we rolled in around like five thirty uh, mm-hmm. in the after or in the evening, and Kyle and Nick were already there, of course. And it was actually funny; they were telling us that when they rolled in, it was like the middle of the day, and nobody had shown up yet, and so they didn't. But when we rolled up, there were like. 10 of y'all all happy to see us. It was really nice. And then we, you know, had the little award ceremony. We were hanging out for a little bit longer. It's like 10 p.m. And Alicia comes up to me and she goes, I just want to be home. I just want to go home. <laughs> and she's like practically falling asleep standing up. And I'm like, we could do that, but that's a three-hour drive. <laughs> and so, you know, Nick and Kyle are both like, I mean, that sounds really nice, but also how are we gonna how are we gonna do that? Yeah. Um, we ended up driving home. We ended up doing it. We like caravaned it. Yeah, caravaned yeah. all the way back. Yeah. All the way back. Yeah. Who did y'all yeah. drive together? Mm-hmm. Yes, thank goodness. Hannah drove the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> I was incapable of <laughs> She really <laughs> wanted to and I said, Well, you know, I'm in the car, so uh, I'm gonna drive. <laughs> 
um, was grateful for it. When I when I woke up Monday morning, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm in my bed. Yeah, oh, I'm not a night person. Yeah. And that kind of showed up in the... It was cool to see in our race, too, because some of us, like, I feel like you and Kyle were both, like, yeah, awake at night, and mm-hmm. you, you were down to keep going, and mm-hmm. I was kind of like, this is kind of where I stop. <laughs> yeah, and then it. the next morning, she's, like, gunning it, and I'm like, oh, no. Morning person. Yeah. <laughs> there she goes. I'm... I, I'm gonna side with Han and Kyle. On this one. <laughs> yeah. I am not. That's why uh, Kyle and Nick didn't have anyone there to greet him because I was sleeping because I came <laughs> too early in the morning. Yeah. I stayed up till uh, three or three thirty wow. that night before, like like welcoming people in. I was yeah. trying to get everybody. That was my goal. Right. And but I had stayed up the night before too. It was mm-hmm. it, so I was like just tired. I fell asleep and I slept longer than I meant to. I thought it was cool hearing about everybody's kind of rapport on the course. Like, you'd make friends as you go, and you'd even, like, use people for emotional support or you trade equipment and stuff. But then there came a decision point for almost everybody where they're like, okay, so do I keep riding with this person? Or do I, like, take the next moment that they're in the bathroom and just peel off? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. looked at me. I think it was after we had passed y'all. Um, and it was that last little loop and she was like, so are we going to like gun it to the finish or are we going to ride in together or what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, okay, let's, let's set this no up a little interest. bit. Yeah. So oh, okay. on, yeah. on the route, I'm calling it the death route loop officially. Yeah. So you have to pass <laughs> by the bullet, pass your car, pass all your friends uh-huh. and ride an extra 40 miles back to the bullet grill, yeah. which can be a little demoralizing. So you, <laughs> yeah. y'all came through there at the exact same time. Yeah. We're cheering for y'all. Yeah. But <laughs> y'all are both in first place and y'all had to make a decision about what yeah, was going to happen. In my head, though, it was already pretty solidly decided. It was like, w- I would not be here without Hannah. <laughs> Seriously, like <laughs> fixing my brakes and, you know, all that stuff. So and I was also not I didn't know if you wanted to like, yeah, gun well, it. I didn't want to take that away. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, like if you want it, go ahead. Yeah, or, or right. if you want it, I'll go go at it. With you. With you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, when you like, asked, I hadn't even thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to roll in together because we did pretty much the whole the whole last day together. And she she pulled me through some shit that last day for sure. And so I felt the same way. I was like, yeah, we did this together. We're going to finish it together. Yeah. But even my sister looked at the tracker, and I guess my tracker was a couple seconds before yours. So she was like, oh, did you beat her? And I was like, no, Ames, I, I rode the whole thing with her. <laughs> Like it wasn't yeah, like that. It gets to be, I feel like it must be hard, especially when I was talking to Alex and I didn't talk to Dave, but talking about their back and forth because they were together almost yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Were those the two that got first? Single speed. first, yeah. yeah. Oh, first place. Dang. Yeah, they were both on single speed and they both took first. They mm-hmm. they had the same story as y'all had right. in, the, in the women's showdown, they had in the men's showdown. Yeah. Yeah. Which we had heard about by the time, yeah. So we were like, well, if Patrick's cool, then we're just going to yeah. also be double first. <laughs> I don't know do how else to, loop, how yeah. do other people do it? It's like first and second. Like, I don't even know what you do. I guess if there's a decent gap, right? Yeah. Right. And so then you'd have to make the gap happen Or right a major earlier. prize. I, yeah. yeah. Or a major prize. Yeah. Maybe that would do it. <laughs> no major prizes. <laughs> Tell everybody next year there's only only one person can get first. And, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I might have I to spice this, it up. Though. I liked I liked it because mm-hmm. it felt appropriate to the... After writing that whole course, like, you just want to... Getting to the finish line was 
victory. So. Yeah. Well, I can imagine if y'all rode so much together and you supported each other so much together that you want to finish together and it's only right that you like share that experience. Like yeah. not, not one person should, should have that experience. Right. I don't think. I wouldn't have been able to get through the dark sections without Hannah for sure. Riding through the dark. my body down the Yeah, Hannah was <laughs> like totally fine descending <laughs> in the dark with no brakes. And I was just watch her lights a little bit ahead of me and kind of bounce where I thought she was bouncing and like, <laughs> seemed fine. Um, so, yeah. Wait a second. So your strategy was to let <laughs> Hannah go first. And if you saw like her light <laughs> go tumbling, what was yeah. your plan? You don't, I, I guess you the other line. <laughs> take the other line. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh. Yeah. I wouldn't have left you there, though, in the ditch or something. I wouldn't have been like, Well, of course not. Bad line. (laughs) But uh, was this, like, more up in, like, the northern section? Like, Davy Crocker, where it was, like, really hilly? Or Uh, just throughout the whole thing? No, this was on our last day, Uh I think. Because we got up before the sun did. Yeah, we're up by four. Where'd y'all camp? Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe. Under the bathhouse mm-hmm. at Ratcliffe. Dude, that, I remember yeah. seeing y'all's doctor. That's a, I think that's a really good, uh, I like doing the 120 to Ratcliffe. Or the, uh-huh. I think that's a, a pretty good, I don't know, y'all actually wrote it, but it seems like it's a good mileage. Yeah, that was. That was, it put us at about 150 miles that day. Mm-hmm. I think, from Salmon Lake, yeah. Yeah, from Salmon Lake. And um, yeah. So it leaves you like 110? Yeah, 110, 120 for the last day. Yeah. I think we had a 120 for the last day. It was because that, that puts you at 280, mile 280, Ratcliffe. Radcliffe. 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 Rad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was another good Y'all spot. Y'all slept at the, uh, the wash house? <laughs> yes. The bathroom? We slept in the bathroom. <laughs> It just seemed in like a stall. <laughs> <laughs> we could have. Well, it was like a, it was a large structure, and it had like the men's and women's, and there was an over or a like covered area between them. And mm-hmm. we rolled in at night, and we ran into a couple people who were coming to the to the bathroom, and I we thought it was a with said bathhouse. It just had. Uh, toilets and the people who I ran into when we showed up they were like oh yeah we're camping further in and all of the other bathrooms and showers and everything are closed so that's Alicia and I were kind of like well we don't need to go any further than this if we're gonna there's a covered spot to sleep we'll just be the the welcome crew for (laughs) everybody that's gotta go to the bathroom yeah how did like did y'all just sleep on pads like right outside Mm -hmm. the door yep Pretty much. Basically, How, yeah. How'd that go? One on I love hearing side. about the creative ways people find to sleep. Because you get so tired. You're like, I would not normally sleep uh, there. but I didn't, Yeah, we didn't care On day all. two, yeah. when you're like tired, you're like, you know what? And we just let people right. <laughs> yeah, walk right by us. And you can hear the toilets flushing and the lights are on. But we didn't mind. Yeah. Um, At that point, you yeah, it worked okay. I think. What was the logic? I think the main thing was find a covered spot. Right. Because we were so Peace. traumatized by that first day rain. <laughs> that we were like. We're gonna Not stay dry at yeah. the very least. Well, and then we roll up, and there's a, a laminated sign that says "Watch out for alligators." <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, "What? Yeah, in I don't, East Texas? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know we had them this not this far up uh, yeah. away from the coast. I didn't think we had them this far up, but I guess that was kind of cool. Kind of. Yeah. A bunch of people on the route, like locals, would tell us warn us about sasquatches. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a reoccurring comment. You know, yeah. early in the morning, we're going down gravel road, still dark out. And some guy leans out of his truck and he's <laughs> like, watch out for the Sasquatches. Now, were they being serious, you think? Well, I don't know. It yeah. made it did make me wonder, or at least look at the woods a little differently. 
It's like there's <laughs> there. I've ridden with people that are legit scared of a Bigfoot. Yeah, like legit. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, and I've also been out at Sam Houston National Forest and uh, encountered a, a Bigfoot hunter. Wow. Yeah. Oh so my. he had the full like military gear on with like all this recording and surveillance. You're like, no, me. no. I'm scared he of lived that. With, <laughs> yeah, he lived with his mom still and everything. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. it was, he like, he had all these recordings that he was listen, letting me listen to. But I wonder who he's tracking. Like, <sighs> yeah. Who something that goes like this. Is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It made some weird noise. I think it but, might be Patrick. You might be. <laughs> yeah. It's me sleeping. <laughs> I do make some weird noise out there in the woods. You never know. <laughs> that primal instinct comes out. Yeah, Alicia caught me sleep talking. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, what did she say? Couldn't, couldn't tell. Couldn't. <laughs> so maybe it was her plans for the next day to drop me. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. I've always been afraid, like, if you're, like, in a relationship and you sleep talk, you know, and, like, mm, you I say love, something mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that? Uh, mine is usually pretty indecipherable. Um like whenever I'm actually talking, but people will have conversations with me sometimes too. Yeah. So I haven't ever said anything I didn't want to, but I try to. You're you discreet know. even in your dreams. <laughs> yeah, <huh>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have a little bit of that where I interact with uh, well, people in my sleep. Well, not people. Right now, it's Sarah. It's not multiple. <laughs> not not. <laughs> <laughs> As far as Sarah knows, no. as far as Sarah knows, edit that out too, man. No, but she'll like. I guess the other not too long ago, I um, I'm a very active sleeper, and I I'm a very hard sleep man. When I'm asleep, I'm asleep, and so she just has to like push me and stuff, which is fine. I'm like, just kick me, whatever you got to do, and uh, she'll get so mad. It's kind of funny. We like joke about it, but she's like, you're being a jerk. And, <laughs> and like, apparently, in my sleep, I was like. <laughs> She would have slept like, on the couch. Oh, she's pissed asleep oh, at you. She was fine next time. That's or so funny. in the morning. She was we were laughing about it. But like yeah. you know when you're tired and you're cranky. Yeah. <laughs> like I was being an asshole. In oh, my for sleep. sure. <laughs> anyway, good times. Does that mean you sleep well when you're out camping? Yeah. Bikepacking? Oh, that's great. I sleep so good. I'm such that's a good amazing. sleeper. Yeah. Not so much on your No, I'm a light sleeper. I was awake the whole I felt like I was able to rest, but not sleep. So just like rest my muscles, but not, I was not asleep. What was, okay. was a contributing factor, do you think? I don't know. It's just new environment. And I was excited. It was a lot of like, don't check the tracker. Do not check the tracker. Because <laughs> I knew that I was curious where people were. And like the, the second night, Kyle, our friend, he's like, well, I'm going to go out and do another 50. And I was like, did he make it? Is he out there? You know, where are our other friends? What's going on? Moving? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? So I was just wired. I was, yeah, I get that. Did you not check the tracker or? Why? Um, it might have satisfied your curiosity, you know? Totally. I think I just thought I should be disengaging at least for a little bit. Yeah. And, like try and try and get my mind on other things because I'll have all day tomorrow to do that. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Like yeah. when you're yeah. trying to sleep, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're telling your brain, you're like brain. Tomorrow. Mm, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. When you're out there and we're like talking about like when we sent you that text at the last rest stop in Cold Spring and I said this next 32 miles better be the prettiest gravel I've ever seen. And we like texted you that and you said it's called the death loop, you know? 
And we were talking about like, oh God, what is it going to be? Like, this is yeah, the Yeah, we end, thought you know? it was going to be absolutely terrible. Yeah. And based then on I was the descriptor. Like, <laughs> you think about it and it's like, it's going to be whatever it is. And you're just going to do was it. Was it that bad? No, it it's was It's a death loop because you have to like ride past everybody. Totally. There was some grumbling about that. It was a, uh, it, it was necessitated by a reroute that I had to do anyway. And so originally the route didn't do that, but... Then I was like, fuck it. It'll be kind of interesting. We'll see how it goes. Ahead of time, we were like, okay, so we can't stop in Point Blank. We're going to pretend it's not a town, and we're just going to go straight past it. And, Smart. Uh, yeah, and we did that. Were you all expecting that many people to be out there, like, cheering and stuff? Yes. No. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just knew that Nick had finished, and I was like, so you knew that there be was there. be someone out there. I, well, and then we were rolling up, and we see you with your... Uh, bullhorn. Your bullhorn, Yeah. And I was like, that was great. And I said, I would stop, but I can't because I have no brakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that on video, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I posted on Instagram, but oh, uh, I don't think I tagged you because I, I don't even, I didn't know your Instagram or whatever. I didn't do a very good job updating the race. I wanted to report it live better. I wanted to like tell the story as it was happening. Right. It was way too hard to do. There was yeah. way, way too much going out. on. Mm, yeah. That seems like a particular job. Apart from being race director. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think exactly. I think that's exactly what I'm doing. going to do is more photographers, different locations. I don't think we, and we had like a lot of people volunteer after this race. Cool. And then Good. have someone that all they do is social media, whether it's me uh -huh. or somebody else. But like, that's all they do, you know? Yeah. Because I, I don't know. Did y'all get messages and stuff? Did you have your phones on? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the lucky one who had a, I ziplocked my phone, which I never do. Right. In anticipation of the rain. So I had a phone that worked and uh, yeah. And I had an awesome, some kind of solar battery. So I was set. And, uh, and so I could get messages throughout the whole race. And it was, that was great. Yeah. It, I, you know, you'd get a message from people one after the other kind of saying, you're doing great, or like, cool, mm. you just passed that town. I was there in the 90s. Like <laughs> something random, and you're like looking around like, yeah. how do they know where I am? But it felt very kind of Truman Show in a way. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. People watching yeah. You. Yeah. Did you like that? Uh, I loved that. Okay, cool. I think it pushed harder, made us push Right. Harder. Nick when told you know me he made are, him push a little harder, yeah. too. Yeah. It does for me when you uh -huh. know people are watching. Yeah. Uh, it definitely, and, and people are invested. I mean, if people are like awake at 2 a.m., and I'll message yeah. people. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm with you here. I might be drinking a whiskey on the couch, but <laughs> yeah. I'm rooting for that's you, you know? How, yeah, that's yeah. how I felt. way of participating, yeah. too. We, yeah. You know, because we had so many first-timers on this one, a lot of people weren't familiar with the tracking system and, and all that, and it was a little surprising. Maybe y'all didn't know that you were going to have to be tracked and all that, too, but it's primarily a safety feature, so I know where right. everybody is, and I know that if you need to, you can press your button. But... I've always enjoyed the dot watching aspect where you get people messaging you and they're like invested in, in what you're doing. I, it's always been a, a neat experience for me. And I've had a lot of people after this race express the same thing. Like, I had no idea anybody was going to watch. Like, mm -hmm. Nick was one of them that was like, yeah. I did not think anybody was going to be watching. But all of a sudden, I'm like getting messages. And yeah, like yeah. when you're in the middle of nowhere and everything is kind of hard and like, you know, the people out there like watching you and rooting for you, you're like, okay, cool. I don't know. It, it matters. It like really makes a difference. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with that. And then coming back to town and hearing how many people were just refreshing their, yeah. their browser over and over again. It's like, like really? as soon as I wake wow. up, I was checking where you were, you know? Yeah, for me, it was like, 
people know I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was y'all's favorite part of the route? You know, the second day was the shoot. That's hard, actually. I thought the first day, even in the rain, there were some really beautiful parts. I think there was some abandoned mill or something. It's an old community center. That's it's on that the corner yep. with all and the sand. Super muddy section, yeah. I that was great. I would like to see if we could get that opened up oh, to so, so cool. people it's Spectators too early to hang out there. To, yes. It's too early to camp, but like if we could get that I don't know if people could like check it out or something, but um, it's an old, old community center that they've like built onto. They've rehabbed it. And all. Uh, it's really neat. It was super neat. That felt, I felt like I was in another country at that point. I'm like, how old is this building? Like 18, years old? yeah, yeah 18 is. something. I, I took a picture. Yeah. It was 1850 something, I believe. But yeah, it's wild because you're just like, at this point, you're probably pushing your bike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you come around that corner and you're like, what kind of medieval fucking totally. castle That's is this? exactly how it felt. You're like, like, Hogwarts? <laughs> 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 Harry uh, Potter? What the fuck? It's too early for hallucinations. Yeah. Right. But the second day also had some beautiful, I just, the rolling hills and, um, yeah, seeing the green, green hills and uh, the lakes were also super pretty. Uh, yeah, that know. section along the lake that you kind of go in and out where all the like lake houses are and everything and you get to see it. I like that section. That was, yeah, that was fantastic. That little neighborhood I routed through intentionally just because it's kind of quirky and unique. Mm -hmm. And if you ride through it during the day, even at night, I bet it's fun because those roads are kind of narrow and crazy. Yeah. Um, but the there's some million dollar houses and some mm -hmm. shacks and I enjoy like riding through, you know, a, a, a swath of land and like seeing how different people mm -hmm. live, you know, and you're mm -hmm. like, wow, you're really like putting a piece of the puzzle together in a way that you couldn't do if you just like, I don't know, drove through it, I yeah. feel like. Or took a main road or something. Or, yeah, yeah, definitely take a main road. What was your favorite part? Um, that section through the lake was beautiful. I will say um, along the death loop, there death was loop. this one like spot that you go by this big, beautiful home that like the entire lawn is I say lawn it was like a giant pasture and they had the I don't remember the breed of cow but oh, Maxwell yeah. noticed them too and he stopped and took photos of them as well but they had like four different kinds of cows and there were dogs running around and it was like the like afternoon sun and it was so pretty yeah. like had a lot of moments like that where it's like man there are people who just live out here and just do this thing and we were talking about like where does all this money come from? Like, how do you, uh, and it's like, it seems like an inherited place that maybe has yeah. been there for a very long time. I think, wait, I talked about this on the podcast, but yeah. I think oil is a big one mm -hmm. and, uh, and cattle, there's a lot of money to be made in cattle. I think that's I probably so. two of the bigger, but yeah, I mean, we're telling a lot of money. Like yeah. I, I have a more of a business acquaintance and a friend. She comes from a family with a lot of money. And what her dad does is sells uh, semen from her bulls. Like her bulls are, their bulls are so good that they, everybody on the world, around the world wants their semen from all these bulls, Dang. right? And that's a real stud. That's huh? a real stud. <laughs> but I mean, these people, I mean, they are like uber duber, super crazy rich. And I'm like, yeah. how much fucking money is in bull semen? Like, yeah. apparently. A lot. A lot. <laughs> we know there's a lot in oil, you know? Right. So no, I think that's, that's where a lot of it came from. But. Yeah, you don't see them out there working the land as much, you know. No. Now it's just fenced off land. Like, mm -hmm. I think I know. Is it the one with the red, the big red barn? I think maybe. It's maybe. like you come around the corner and then there's like one last pretty substantial I know hill. what you're talking about. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I was at yeah, the very end. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, the in the hills again. I was surprised by the elevation. It was actually mm-hmm. a lot. This yeah. was a steep climb that you had yeah. to go up, and it's this. There's hills like on the hilltop, off in the distance. Houses, sorry, house on the hilltop. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I often wonder where they got all that money, but that's that's my guess. Yeah, there's some big. That's I mean, you see like these huge, huge properties, and then you see like little shacks, and they're all just living out there. Right. One thing I did. Hannah mentioned this earlier of uh, wanting to have more time to kind of take everything in and maybe doing the slowdown next time. Talking to people who live there, I had a lot of fun doing that, but I also only had like five minutes to do it. And everyone did want to talk to us. They all wanted to tell us about their experience biking, just ask us about where we were going, and then give us tips on how to get there. (laughs) We're like, well, we got a route. But like, they're like, Groveton, that's only 12 miles away. We're like, well, we can't go that way. This way down this road and then turn here. Yeah. No, no, we're going the scenic route. Yeah. Yeah. But people were so nice. I just, yeah, it would have been cool to talk to more, talk to more folks in the area. This Mm -hmm. comes up a lot on the podcast, but I've talked about wanting to just like ride and like do a podcast talking to those people, especially I think, I think it'd be cool to do it because I, I mean, I think the first one was a success. Everybody was happy with the Mm -hmm. first uh, showdown and slowdown. So uh, we'll just get it better and better, but I'd love to go and talk to the lady at Salmon Lake and maybe the park rangers out at uh, Mission Teos or whatever and, like, yeah. talk to people. Oh, the lady at Vans Grocery. I don't know if y'all saw yes. at Vans Grocery. Oh, yes. did, yes. Vans is awesome. But, like, yeah. just go and, like, talk to those people and see. We're all very curious about how they live. Like, we were right. just talking about this on the last one I recorded, like, an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> but about it, like... You know, how do they live? What do they do right. for fun? What do they right. do for work? Yep. You know, it here? seems like life is just a very slower pace. And, totally. and I'm yeah. curious, like, are you happy? It seems kind of nice. Maybe it's just nice. Like, you know everybody and you know what you're going to do every single day. And I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's nice. And it's also, I wonder what they think about us. This is a yes. landscape they're so familiar yes. with. They knew all the roads we were on. Yeah. They were yeah. like, oh, yeah, I know where, you, where you're going. Yeah, and they could even tell me, like, it's really bumpy or watch out for, you know, crazy potholes. So they know the roads, but they would never or they hadn't considered doing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I wonder what they thought about us. That's the other part of it is I want to, I want, because I think that would be the interesting part because we're all curious about that lifestyle and I'm sure they're equally as curious about like, why are they riding their bike 380 miles? I got that with Chris, you know, at the Bullet Grill is like, we saw those guys, like we had all these rednecks that were like falling dots and they're coming over to me and they're like looking at splits and all this stuff. I mean, they were all like actively engaged oh, in this Aww. and i mean it just feels i mean i'm tingly you know like yeah. bringing all these communities together and like mm-hmm. just positive will between everybody mm-hmm. um then those big rednecks and their or their big trucks you know maybe they'll be like give us a little more room next time you maybe know? they'll throw out gatorades maybe we'll throw, yeah. maybe, hey, maybe even gatorade <laughs> you're gonna honk at me at least throw me a gatorade throw <laughs> some water bottles out the window at us please that would be buy nice. me dinner <laughs> Did y'all have any issues uh, with any people along the route? Any, any, uh, nothing that stuck out to me that I can think of. There was one section along a highway that I was like, oh man, I'm climbing a hill and there's not a shoulder. And that was, I think that was on the way into Jacksonville, I want to say. But, um, I didn't have any like directly aggressive people. Yeah, it was fine. It was maybe one truck with teenagers. That was it. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. There's always one truck with with teenagers. What about, uh, what? I said, we just keep giving them trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you have to. Well, <laughs> maybe like no driving until you're 25. Yeah, maybe. That yeah, sounds maybe great only to a me. bike until <laughs> you're 25. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll even give you an electric scooter. I don't even care. Just not <laughs> <My> a car. car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the the shoulder. The number one priority for me was was safety. That was the biggest priority. And so I did everything. I even rerouted around dogs that I knew were aggressive. I mean, wow. I went out of my way wow. to make sure that. That's why it took 14 months. Like I. Because I wanted everybody to have, most importantly, a safe experience mm-hmm. where you could like go and enjoy the ride. Right. I'm hoping that you didn't have too many shoulders like that. No, it was just one one section. And I think mostly because it was climbing that it was like, I'm going really slowly on this highway right now. And I'm used to being on pretty big roads, so I was okay with it. But I did, I could see where, especially just with how slowly you got to go to get up the hill with a one lane road without a shoulder. But that was the only section. And I think it's also, you know, that's like mile 260 or something when you're up there going toward Jacksonville. So you're also just like, damn it, (laughs) cars keep going by me. Yeah. I tried to keep it away from major city centers as much as possible, too. That's why it's mostly small towns with Jacksonville being kind of like the only major supply hub on the entire. And that's, I mean, it's it's intentional because after that, you got a pretty big haul down through the national forest, which y'all know because y'all just did it like like bosses. Right. Like ultra-endurance athletes that Ooh. you are. Yeah, I thought the route, I remember thinking I really wanted to tell you how much I liked the route. And, a, and that's after doing a bunch of races in central Texas and just routes around here where you the cars are more aggressive and you have less space. Yeah. So I thought... It was great. Thank you. Yeah. Good, good, good. Trying to think of any other spots. No. Yeah, it it was pretty lower traffic than what I'm used to. So. Yeah, Yeah, that's really good. The nice thing about that area of Texas is the further you go north, you're just getting further and further away from people. And Uh, then you come. It's all all Houston. Actually, where we started is still Mm, Houston Overflow. It just gets out there so far. Houston suburbs are ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah. because you got, it's like Houston, the Woodlands, Conroe, Willis, and then it's the Bullet Grill. It's like, it's all all there. And so, all right, what would you do differently, if anything? Well, better question, will y'all both do it again? (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we had that moment, you know, Lyle's where you're, next you're riding, <laughs> you're riding, and we look at each other, we're like, we don't really feel the need to do this ever again, you know? <laughs> like, this is like a bucket list thing, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, also, I think, like I said about slowdown, like having a little bit more time just because you don't have as much mileage. Because now we've done it. Now yeah. I can be like, oh, I did that. You got first. You got um, the record. Yeah. <laughs> like, y'all could just sit back and like, see what all y'all could do. Yeah. <laughs> Figure that out, yeah. And so now that I've done it, I'm like, I would like to do something like a slowdown or like what we were talking about. Now that we have been out there, it's cool. We can like take friends out there and go do a couple overnighters or something. But yeah. I want to, uh, I want to in the future, and I want to do it this year, but we didn't have enough time and just too much stuff going on, but find a way to make it more fun and interactive for people on the slowdown, whether like you're a photographer, I think it'd be really Mm -hmm. cool if like, it, you know, a prize for the coolest picture mm-hmm. from a rider, you know, not mm-hmm. from like a photographer on route, mm-hmm. but actually like if you want to take your camera and because I'm, I'm, I love like photography and bikes to me is like peanut butter and jelly. Like I just uh, almost inseparable. 
I mean, maybe best con. I, I'm open to ideas if y'all have, but uh, like ways, like you do the slowdown, but there's still like fun and cool prizes totally. that have nothing to do with like going fast. Yeah. Yeah. Doing That's yeah. where my sandals. mind is thinking, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. sandals. Like, hey, wildest you got setup that up. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. 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 Like some people, I know the, there was a big variance in sleeping gear. Some people went like, I didn't even bring a sleeping pad, I just slept. In my clothes, that's it. You know, stuff like that or versus having a tent and a setup. Yeah, totally. What about you, Alicia? Would you do it again? Now that we're sitting here dry, you know, <laughs> I've slept a couple nights for eight hours or more. Uh, yeah, I did, I think I'd do it again. <laughs> and I think I, I know, and now I know all the things I'd do differently. When we ended, I would give it like 12 hours later. I was feeling kind of down because I didn't. I, all that excitement had, had you know, subsided. Oh, okay. And I was kind of like, so now what do I sign up for? I was already like, I'd like to sign up for something else. Yeah. And do mm -hmm. something else. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. We're going to do it again in March. Are you really? Yeah. Wow, that's in March. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe Everybody, uh, the yeah, there was a lot of interest. It was already on my radar mm -hmm. underground that I was already like, okay, if this goes well, um, but I got a lot of people that are like, let's do it again in the spring. Let's cool. do it again in the spring. Cool. And uh, it makes more sense also, especially if you're in Texas from a training perspective, because you don't have to train during the summer. You could train through that's the winter true. and like come with a little um, bit more yep. fitness because that's something you <laughs> train don't. <it> all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Train. You could train <laughs> if you wanted to <laughs> or you don't need to. Whatever you want to do. What are y'all doing today? It's Thursday. I'm gonna go to my my trails ride, and I'm going to the the crit series. Yeah, yeah. Your driveway. Crit. Where? Oh, driveway. The driveway. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. that's tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time does that kick off? Starts around I think five something, maybe even earlier now. My race is usually at five thirty. Okay, I'll be gone by then. I've been to one of them uh, for a little bit to watch it. It's a fun time. Uh, like a lot how, of people drinking beers and hanging out. How long? How well do you think you're gonna do? Oh, tonight. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. I wasn't actually going to race today. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna go and spectate. But how? Let's see. Hypothetically, after this, <laughs> I think I feel like we we've gained some fitness. Probably. Probably. Yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how that translates, uh, especially mm -hmm. I feel like the mental toughness. You know. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That of for being sure. like tired. Things are hard. You're yeah. like. I feel like I've been farther than this before. Yeah. You know? yeah. It opens up that, yeah, that yeah. window. Or pedaled through the rain. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, man, it's nice outside. <laughs> My tires are yep. dry. I got brakes. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, you know, I'm heading out to do the, at least part of the monumental loop in a couple weeks. Oh, good. For that thing. So we'll see. So I was thinking while I was on this route uh, this past weekend, like, okay, at least I know I'll be ready to do some solo miles in the desert and like, packed up and have all my my are you gear doing, situated. Are you doing the danger bird? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I'm yeah. going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. When are you getting in there? I don't know. I know the summit's on Thursday, so yeah. a little ahead of time. I'll be in El Paso anyways uh, for work stuff, so maybe earlier in the week. That's exciting. Yeah. Have you done any of the uh, Montemental Loop I before? Have. I have. I did. Let's see. I've done part of the Monumental Loop. And uh, kind of combined it with part of the Roadrunner, the New Mexico Roadrunner. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many days that was. Four. I did. I've done like four days of yeah, that's that. That's a pretty part area. The, yeah, it's great. It's very deserty. Last deserty. time I did it on my gravel bike, 
which was a mistake. Yeah. So this time I'm going out on a mountain bike and it should be better. What size tire are you thinking? I have 2.1s on there. I'll probably leave it. Yeah, I have two twos. I'm. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to ride because I'm. They hired me to work the event, oh, so cool. I'm. I don't. I'm kind of up in the air. Yeah. But um, yeah, I have two twos, and I, I asked him what he thought about that. He was like, "I wouldn't go any lower." Yeah, <laughs> he told us two point threes back when I did it the first time. I was like, "How's a gravel bike?" He's like, "If you want to." Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I mean, you can do it, but. People were asking me the same thing about the East Texas Showdown. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you're, it's going to be good in some areas, bad in others. Like, you know, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. It's kind of up to the rider to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find out at your own well, risk. Well, that'll, that'll be exciting. I'm excited to see you up there. Mm-hmm. What's next for you, Hannah? Go to oh, back to the man. bike shop and wrench <laughs> on some bikes? Right, yeah. Yeah, I'll be working. I've got to, I took a couple days off, so I'll be working several days in a row. But uh, next week is Marfa 100, so we headed out to West Texas. Uh, is that a gravel that. grinder then? That's a it's a road ride. I actually am not officially signed up for it, but I've got a. I think it's a race, Hannah. Going. Yeah, it's a race. <laughs> <laughs> it's a race. <laughs> yeah, another race. Like I said, no. <laughs> but is that another friend that sucked you in? Uh, yes. Yeah. Hannah's Pretty. just like she does whatever friends ask her to do. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and I then she kills it. <laughs> you want to go four thousand miles? Sure, I'll go. Uh, yeah, just tell me where to show up and when. The four thousand miles—that was your idea, right? Um, or did that come from a friend too? Uh, that was that was my idea. That was like a. It actually kind of brought me to Austin because I was in Dallas and I was going to go somewhere for school. And when I figured out that that was an option in Austin, I was like, well. Guess I'm gonna go to UT. Go ride my bike to Alaska. Why not? Why not? Does someone uh, fly you back? No. Well, or so drive you got back? Options. Or? Yeah. So we had support vans that we had with us. So um, they needed somebody to drive them back. So I actually volunteered to drive them back, and that was one of the reasons why I was so confident riding driving back from Showdown was just because I had done it a lot. Because it was me and two other guys that drove a van back from Alaska, and we had like. I think it was five or six days to do it and it's a, it's a haul getting back and so we would drive through the night and then stop in national parks during the day that's cool yeah so we got to see a lot of cool stuff jasper and banff and glacier and grand tetons and Dang. um yellowstone yeah it was great it was a good way to do it but it was also you know drive safe everyone <laughs> You you seem like me. I can drive forever without getting tired. I've driven like to Utah specifically. I've driven there and back. It's twenty four hours with no sleep at least ten times that I know of. Oof, I can yeah. remember. Yeah, I know I, my I limits can just, for sure. I can but, just, yeah. That's the only probably advantage I have is like an endurance. Anything is like <laughs> I just can drive it. Well, does that translate to pedaling? Yeah, you yeah. can so you can pedal at like six miles an hour. Yes, forever, all night. forever. That's great. Yeah, that's why I'm pro slow. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't have any other advantage other than I don't really get tired and uh-huh. I can just go, 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 go. I was trying to calculate that in my head. I'm like, even if I go like six miles an hour all night, like would that be worth it? All yeah, or go ten night. miles an hour tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's probably a better way. Right. Well, congratulations, lady. Ladies, lady. <laughs> lady. Lady. Collective lady. <laughs> the collective lady sitting in front of me. No, congratulations for real. I'm uh I, w- I was just excited and proud and happy for everybody that came, you know, no matter of how they placed like 
nobody had any like major issues. Everybody figured their shit out. Everybody, um, you know, there was, there was no major, major issues. It like went off pretty easy. So, but, uh, I was definitely rooting for y'all and was stoked to see y'all like knock out the entire thing. Cause I knew that it was both your first event. So a lot of unknown. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few people that were like, like when I got back, you know, they hadn't seen the track or something. They were like, so did you finish? And I was like, fuck yeah, we Listen, finished. motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> finished Here's first. the bikepacking.com article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course we finished. Yeah. No, that was never a question. We were no. always yeah. going to finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I never, I didn't have worries about anyone. No one really gave me a reason to be concerned. Everybody kept trudging along and everything, uh-huh. but, um, I don't know you at all. I've I've known you a little bit and follow along with some. And I know you seem competitive and, you know, you ride your <laughs> bike a lot. And y'all are together. I'm like, oh, that's got to be pretty good. Yeah. No problem. It worked out pretty great. Yeah. it Like you said, it really just becomes a mental thing. You know, right. it's not like how many watts can you push out in 30 minutes. It's just like, okay, how tough am I? I was thinking about that. I know so many racers and folks who do competitive you know, national races across the country, who would not want to do this? Like yeah. it, they, it, the mental part of yeah. just sticking with it day in and day out. So it's mm-hmm. a whole other game. To me, therein lies the excitement, the fun part about it, because it's, it's a place that you will not find yourself in very often where you have to really rely on yourself, you know, and like, okay, I'm 200 miles away from my car. Like, how do I get back? My brakes don't work. <laughs> my cell phone doesn't work. You know, I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you don't put yourself in those situations very often. And, you know, there's some safety nets there. You got a SOS button, you got some people on the route. So like, I don't think it's like really, you're in any ever like grave danger or anything, but mm-hmm. you put yourself in unfamiliar and, uh, yeah. You have to be resourceful. Resourceful. Yeah. 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 And creative. And with okay like, with discomfort, yeah. yeah. But it's cool because then you go do it and you're like, oh, these are my people. Like these mm-hmm. people are down mm-hmm. to do the hard thing. I love the the group that came, you know. And yeah. I mean, I'll said it a million times, but bike packers, people that do this kind of stuff, are just a special breed of people. Mm-hmm. I think cyclists in general. All mm-hmm. of y'all are great. All the cyclists, bikes okay. for death. Woo woo! All right, thank you, ladies. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Woo! In unison. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I appreciate Alicia and Hannah coming on and sharing their story. I hope that we will see them back at the East Texas Showdown. Maybe they'll do the slowdown. Uh, we've got some fun fun ideas coming for the showdown specifically. We're going to try to open it up and make that specific route more about the community over the competition. I took that away from the New Mexico Bikepacking Summit. That was a tagline that Matt Mason was using, uh, community over competition. And uh, I really like that. And I think ultimately that really speaks to the ethos of the East Texas Showdown because I really do want to prioritize the community, bringing the community together again after everybody's finished at the Bullet Grill. It's, it's all about the community. But we can still have competition too, right? So uh, the showdown route, that's going to be for the people who want to lay down a fast time. And then the slowdown route, we're going to, that one, we're just going to have it be fun. More details coming soon. Like I said, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at East Texas Showdown. If you're interested in learning more about that, of course, you can also follow along at Bikes for Death. We'll make it easy for you to find all the details as soon as they are available. Next week's episode is with Shell Money. 
Uh, he is the owner and founder of Money Bikes, uh, an awesome dude. And as Matt Mason says, to call him a frame builder or a bike builder is selling him short. He's more of an artist. If you haven't checked out his work, you can find him on Instagram at Money Bikes, or you could just check out my episode with him next week. We had a really cool chat after uh, the New Mexico Bikepacking Summit. We just popped ourselves up on a park bench table under a tree, as I tend to do, and uh, had a had a great chat. And then uh, the night after that, I got a chance to camp with him and a group of other guys on the Monumental Loop and uh, get to know him even a little bit better. So I'm super excited about that episode next week. But until then, if you appreciate this episode or any of the body of work that we do over here at Bikes for Death, please consider supporting the show, saying thank you, buying me a cup of coffee, any way you want to put it. But uh, to support the show, you can... Find out how over at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. Now, don't forget, very important, do not forget to ride your damn bike. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your boss, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You let that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes 